Hey everybody, Charlie Brooks here. I hope that you're doing well. Want you to go check out, I'm sitting here talking to 34 questions on the podcast. Anywhere you find your podcast, YouTube, Spotify, check it out. It's going to be a great episode. What's going on, folks? Welcome to 34 Questions. Today, I have a very special guest. Charlie H. Brooks is in the house. How you doing, Charlie? Doing great, man. How are you doing? Doing good, doing good. Um, just want to thank you again for, for your time and interest to come on. Uh, I know it's not always easy or, you know, not everyone's interested in telling or sharing their story. But so I definitely appreciate you coming on today. Absolutely. Well, I greatly appreciate the uh, the opportunity to be able to come on and share a little bit of my story. And, and more importantly, just to have a conversation with you. So looking forward to it. For sure. For sure. Uh, for those folks who are new to the show, we basically do a few uh, context questions in the beginning, just so people get to know where you're coming from. Uh, and then we do a little icebreaker, which is a one-word spelling bee. Uh, feel oh, free no. to participate. <laughs> feel free to participate. Feel free to to pass. And uh, I don't want to put anyone on the spot. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then we do a few more warm-up questions just to set the tone. And then we jump into the to the main meet where you start choosing numbers between one and thirty-four. Sound good to you, Charlie? Sounds great, man. I'm ready to do it. All right, man. Well, my f very first question for you is, uh, how you been? You've been doing well. You've been going through it. How you been, Charlie? Yeah, yeah so actually uh, a part of where we're at and in this journey right now in life, my wife and I, we, we've actually, uh, I guess the best way to say it is we, we've been through it the last uh, handful of months. Um, and so just trying to, to get through it, have kind of adopted a mantra of choosing joy um, and just kind of spreading that message that joy is a choice. But uh, more importantly, yeah, we've just we've been through it the last couple months, uh, had the loss of our son um, back in February. And, and then from there, we've started a nonprofit that's really um, hoping to kind of come alongside families that have experienced similar things that uh, we have. For sure, man. I mean, first off, uh, I'm sorry to hear and uh, thank you for being open and sharing that. Um, I've never personally, personally felt that loss, um, but my, I had a sister who passed away before I was born. Uh, mm -hmm. So my, my folks definitely <laughs> probably have a little more experience in, in that realm. Um, yeah, it's been one of those things kind of actually been really crazy because we've, we've encountered so many people since we've been on this journey. So and, and like I said, I can dive into it a little bit here in a few minutes but um we, we've been since we've been on this journey we've had so many people um that have had shared similar you know stories um, like your parents have where they've experienced that kind of loss and uh yeah it, it's it's hard to get back through and uh there really is a need to uh to kind of share the message uh, just to be able to get joy um again like so that's kind of the mantra that that we've uh, anchored on to this season my wife and i have that joy is a choice and, and every morning we have to wake up and choose it for sure, for sure. Um, my, my second question for you is, what? why did you choose to come on to the show? Uh, for the folks who don't know, this is our first time connecting. Um, so yeah, what, what, what appealed about the show to you? Yeah, so for me, uh, again, like so just the whole concept behind it, again, um, you know, just being very fresh back in February, losing a son, the thought of what do you want your ancestors to know about you uh, it is a really interesting thought because for me, so much of, of my journey and why I've gotten here and how I've gotten here in life really stems from this idea of, you know, what's the legacy that you're leaving and what are really the important things in life? And so just to be able to uh, to do this, such a great concept that you have and really um more or less just a fan of the brand that you have on doing that and so i think it's a really cool concept and, and wanted to be a part of it well definitely appreciate you coming on man um 
So uh, before we jump into the questions, more questions, I have an icebreaker, which is the one word spelling B. Would you like to participate or are you? Uh, oh, man, you like can pass? I like, hear the word and then then pass? Or how, how does that work? You know, I don't, I don't that, want to. That's totally fine. That's totally fine. All right. uh, the word is liaison. Oh, liaison. Is it L L I A S O N? You have one more chance. You're, you're missing one one letter right in the middle. I'll, I'll, that's the hint. <laughs> There's, it's neither another A or another I I'm missing in there. Mm. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass. You, you tell me the answer. There's two rules that I have. Well, there was one rule, but now it's two. One rule is never do math in front of a crowd. Uh, number two is never do a spelling bee on camera. So... Uh, <laughs> I got you. I got you. Yeah. It's uh, L-I-A-I-S-O-N. So yeah, it was just that. Yeah, I, knew there, I knew there was another I in there. I, that really is. I, I kind of feel bad that I didn't know that. Um, I, I worked in the political sector for like six years. So I, I ran around with a lot of people that had the title of liaison uh, <laughs> in, their, in their job description. Yeah, I couldn't even spell it. So No worries. No worries. There's only like a handful of people who came on and got it right. So don't, don't feel too bad. <laughs> Uh, it's it's a tricky word. It's a tricky yeah, word. It really is. It are, that's that's like most of the English language though. There's like so many letters and spelling is not my strong suit. I should have started with that. For sure, for sure. Uh, well, jumping into the warm up questions, what would you like the audience to know about you? Yeah, I mean, again, I know it's kind of sounds like the broken record, but really for me, you know, joy. Um, I want to be able to share our story, and again, kind of leading on to that. Uh, part of the reason why I wanted to come on was to be able to share our story that my wife and I have gone through. And then just to let everyone know that there is hope and there is joy out there, no matter what the circumstances are going through, it doesn't have to be as traumatic um, or as life altering, if you will, as the loss of a, of a, of a, of a child. Um, but there is, there is hope and there is joy in the world. And, and just to be a, a smiling face and an encouragement is really the main thing. Sure. If, uh, if someone were to pay a tribute to you, how would you like to be honored? Oh, wow. That, that's a tough question because for me, I, I really am very much kind of a, a worker, a doer, don't want to be put up on the pedestal, up on the, up on the stage and platform. If someone was going to pay tribute to me, um, honestly, I, I'd probably want them to do something similar to what we're doing to in my son's legacy and, and building uh, some kind of nonprofit or something that's going to build back and, and be able to give back to people. That's how I want people to do my legacy. I don't want the glitz and the glam. I got you. I got you. I mean, it's just small random acts of kindness, but you know, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely uh, keep you in mind as I, as I build as well. Uh, and my, my third question for you is on a scale from one to 10, how well do you know yourself? Ooh, one to 10, I would say seven. I'm going to go seven. Seven's like, you know, it's more than a five. Uh, I'm not quite a 10. Uh, I think there's always room to improve and know yourself. And there's probably things uh, about you that you know, only life can give you. Maybe mm -hmm. that's the better way of saying that as you go through life, that you begin to, to learn a little bit more about yourself. So I'd say seven. I know myself well, but there's still life to live. For sure. For sure. All right. So we're jumping into the, the main portion of the interview where you start choosing numbers between one and 34. Um, just to let you know, I don't know if you've seen the questions at all. Uh, I did some reworking last night. Uh, I've uh, changed it to level one, level two, level three, easy, okay. medium, hard questions. They're subjective. They're, they're based on my opinion. They're easy or hard. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. We, uh, where would you like to start? If you just want to go through them one by one, we could also do it that way. 
Oh man, uh, I, I think I'm gonna just kind of pick random numbers, and uh, you know that way it's spiced up a little bit. Maybe we get some hard questions. Maybe we get some some easy questions. And again, we're like you said, we're using it's your subjectivity there. So how much uh, do we actually know of, uh, of what that looks like? I'm gonna guess one through thirty-four, right? Yes, sir. Let's do twelve. Twelve. So what what quote comes to mind um, when when I ask for your favorite quote? Ooh, favorite quote. There's a lot of, I have a lot of favorite quotes. So uh, kind of for me, I, I am like this person that's, um, I have a lot of useless knowledge. A lot of time people would say, uh, and so quotes are one of the things that really stick to me. If I had to pick a, a quote, um, hmm, the one thing, and maybe this isn't quite a quote, maybe more so just a general statement, but I was very young uh, in my business career and, and I had someone say to me, um, if you are the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. So maybe not quite a quote, but maybe more of just a, a motto or a, a motto by. And so um, that, that would be the first thing that comes to mind for me is if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. How, how has that uh, motto kind of, I guess, affected the way you go about things? Do you, when, once you recognize that, or is that something where you're like, maybe I shouldn't be in this room and you try to find a room that's a little more challenging, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. I think I'm always, uh, always looking for, uh, always looking to take, take note of, of who I'm in the room with. And, and really, you know, that, that statement could go multiple different ways. You know, you look at it uh, for what I do for work um, uh, in the business world. Um, I'm always, you know, trying to build team around me, trying to get uh, managers and leaders that can lead departments uh, to be able to help us build the organization that we're building. To me, if, if I'm the smartest person sitting in, in our leadership meeting today um, at work, the last thing on my agenda, um, every week we have a leadership meeting, all the department heads come together, and I'm not the smartest person in the room. Um, 12 months ago, I probably was, and uh, we have made lots of changes to do that. So I think it's really about like, if you're trying to achieve and take those next levels, you really got to take a good account of the people around you. So I think in the business setting, if you want to look at it that way, or, or, or even friends, you know, another, another great saying that I, that I heard along the way that's really shaped me is, is uh, show me your five closest friends and I'll show you your next five years. And so I really think even from a personal level, the people that we interact with and hang out with and, and spend the most time with, are really the people that affect us uh, and really affect where our trajectory is in life. And so it's really important to take take account of that. And so, you know, for me, I think personally laying it back to me, um, some of the, the goals and, and achievements that, that me and my wife and I, we set out for us to accomplish, whether it be business or personal um, or, or just in general, um, we definitely try to find and surround ourselves with mentors and people that want to, uh, to help us and invest in us. Uh, and, and again, I, that, that gets back to that whole thing. I'm trying to make sure as soon as I get to the point where I, I can't reach out to someone else who's close to me in close proximity that can't help me, I'm ready to find a different room and, and, and get around some, some smarter people. I gotcha. I gotcha. I, feel I will like say though, in all, in all fairness, it doesn't take much to, um, to get in a room and not be the smartest person for me. So I, I again, I've gotten used to it over the years. So <laughs> same here, same here. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you spoke about your nonprofit. Has that has that become your main hustle or is that still something where you have to kind of balance your time 
from yeah it's still very very much balancing balancing my time Uh, i really feel like that's probably one of the most challenging things uh, for me uh kind of entrepreneurial at heart um since i was in my early 20s i've always had multiple things i had side hustles before i knew side hustles were a thing Uh, i think i was like in fourth grade i was selling wrestling action figures to other kids (laughs) Uh, you know, trying to trying to turn some cash so I can buy the newest ones. I'm always about side hustle, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, it's it's the more plates that are spinning, um, the better off. I'm kind of also got to this point in my life where it's like, okay, I want to focus in on some of those things and and maybe not spin as many plates. But just the way my mind works, uh, it does that. Speaking directly, like you asked, of the nonprofit. Um, again, our son he passed away uh, just in uh, in February. He was 72 days old. Um, we had a very extensive and long uh, NICU stay. Um, he was in the NICU for 50, 50 plus days. We were fortunate. We had community that, that kind of came around us and supported us. Um, but what we saw while we were there is there's so many people that, that didn't have that community. And uh, so we started the nonprofit. There's, there's three prongs to the nonprofit. Um, we want to come alongside families, um, both emotionally, spiritually, and financially, um, if they experience you know, a long, prolonged NICU stay, or if they experience the loss of an infant. Our son was 72 days old whenever he passed. So um, no matter what that looks like, it, it's still a challenge, um, whether your, your kid's you know, a couple days old or, or, or several you know, years old. So, No doubt, no doubt. Um, go ahead and throw me another number. All right. See, that was 12. How about let's, uh, let's double it. 24. 24. This one will be a level two question, but, uh, what, what is a memory? Before, before before you ask me that, what was that question? Was that level one, two, three, or four? That was a level one, right, right, right right now. We're just going to go up and down the levels. Uh, but the second one is, uh, what is a memory you feel like you may be misremembering? Ooh, huh, a memory that I may be misremembering. Great, another uh, great question. It's like you practice these questions a few times, like you, you, you've got tried and true method here. <laughs> a memory that I've been mis, hmm. you know, I think that's so difficult and to think back, um, you know, in general, because how often we remember things and see things. Um, One of the first things that I did, I was 26 and uh, opened up an insurance agency. I did that. And looking back on it now, I think I maybe miss, maybe the the level of understanding that I thought I had of business and what to actually do and and how to make all the right decisions. um, I thought I had them. Looking back on that memory, uh, I, I probably am totally miss totally missed the mark in so many areas. Um, it, I was looking for, again, not to use the same word, but looking for joy and, and didn't find it with that. And I think that sometimes we can kind of over romanticize. Like for me, I know looking back, that was a pretty dark season in my life. Um, but even before that, I still may be like, I'm, I'm kind of like miss, I think now that as I'm getting away from that, if that makes sense, walking away from that season, that that season is starting to look a little bit not as bleak and not a little not as um, sorrowful or not as um, bad of, of a season. When, when truthfully, I, that's probably one of the first. That's probably one of the first defining seasons of my life um, that I really had was walking through the process of opening that business and closing that business. Um, but yeah, so I think now looking back on it, probably misremembering exactly how those things went. And uh, maybe romanticizing, you know, a, a little bit uh, of, of the good in that season. So, 
for sure for sure uh you had spoken about your entrepreneurial spirit yeah uh, how many ventures have you have you tried to to, to begin and, and oh, uh, man. You know, work through <laughs> I, yeah, I feel so, you, man. I'll, I'll say I feel you. I have the same spirit, yeah. so just, I'm curious. Yeah, it, it's so it, it's a blessing and a curse, uh, honestly. Um, I, I could, I mean, honestly, truthfully, like formalized, legitimized businesses, open, closed, um, four or five, like legit, what, what I would consider legitimate, and again. Um, you know, uh, again, kind of each their own on kind of subjectivity there, but four or five like legitimate businesses um, started from ground up and, and, and been a part of um, many others. Again, another great advice that I got, same guy that told me, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Um, he and I would bounce back and forth with business ideas. He was a very successful doctor, owned a large medical practice um, across multiple states. And uh, so he and I were always, uh, I helped him on a campaign, uh, again, getting back to the political stuff that I did. And so he was always trying to look out for me. I was early 20s and he was trying to help, you know, curb, I guess, that entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, kind of helped me out and kind of saw me as a son, if you will. And um, as we were going through that, he told me that you, from the time of, of talking about a business idea and to actually it being a fruition of a business, there's probably like a 10% chance that any of those actually come to, to fruition, which I took to that and, and I really kind of ran with it because I mean, I am literally, I come home from work and have like another new business idea. I got, fortunately, I think the best thing that's been for me is I got probably two or three buddies of mine who are the same way. And uh, so right now, probably uh, in addition to the full-time job um, that I have where um, I oversee operations for five franchises, um, right at like 47 employees that we have. So that's the main hustle, if you will. And then um, got um, three other side hustles um, that um, you know are, are generating some of my business, not even including the nonprofit that we just started back, uh, back in February. I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah. Very diversified uh, construction work, uh, dumpster business, uh, restoration, mitigation, all kind of in the construction space, uh, a little bit of uh, real estate, so the rental property type stuff. So all yeah, over we, the board, all over the board. When you see the need, you know, you want to fill hey. it with something, right? <laughs> uh, well, what's been the biggest thing for you? You said the entrepreneurial spirit. Like, well, what, what is it that you've really... Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess uh, I'm just starting off, uh, but b before this podcast, I had start, uh, tried to open a clothing brand, and okay. um, I, it's still it's still uh, it's still hanging on to its its last threads. Uh, I haven't given up on it. It's just something where I know I needed a team to kind of help me build mm -hmm. it, and I haven't found that team. So it's 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 definitely taking a, a seat back to this podcast where I feel like I can I can still progress and I can still grow when it's just me kind of like pushing it pushing it along um but so yeah i had a clothing brand um that i wanted to grow into something bigger uh shameless plug it was called hella hungry here in the, okay. the bay area and um yeah hella hungry I, i've gotten a lot of feedback from that you know a lot of people are like oh that sounds like it could be a food program or it could <laughs> it sounds like you know you're doing I mean, a food truck or something sure. um and I've, I've thought about those avenues okay and I eventually want Hella Hungry to be, you know, not not necessarily known as a clothing brand, but more as like a, a foundation or um, sure. because my whole idea behind it and what inspired it was I wanted to help 
people grow their ideas and uh, you know help support their their entrepreneurship um, I was working at a high school at the time so I was thinking it could be like a high school program where I can help teach kids how to create their own clothing brands because you could pretty much do it you know as long as you got your design you, you could upload it uh, create an online store and you know those are the basic steps for it I wanted to teach that to kids who had the same kind of passion uh, but yeah that was my first thing and now this is the, the podcast is uh, my second thing that I'm kind of pushing to be bigger than myself uh, yep. and we'll see where it goes but yeah uh, I've, I've learned a lot of lessons from Hella Hungry that I don't want to make the same mistakes with <laughs> with this podcast but yeah. yeah you know what's so funny is that like throughout all of that what you just shared I mean there's so many points that I could like literally like hey cool, let's stop there let's let's talk about that for a second one of the first things that you said was that in your brand the Hella Hungry brand you realized that you needed a team around you and, and I think so often um, you know we when we get to starting a business or want to start a business we naturally you just have to be the one that's in the business working in it doing it you're you're the one you know doing the website you're doing everything right like literally everything that the business needs you're the one driving it and you're the one's gonna have the most passion to do that but there has to become a certain point where you can bring people along with you and I think that's the hardest part is how do you bring people along with you in that journey uh, to do that uh, I think back to my insurance agency and again probably the biggest failure <laughs> of my entrepreneurial spirit that I had probably sunk the most money and the most time in it and it didn't work and so much of it was me trying to build the brand around me um, and, and having to do all the different pieces and not knowing how to rightfully delegate but I learned so many lessons you talk about hey you learned some mistakes along the way like so many lessons that you learn uh, in an unsuccessful business venture um, that it's made me the person that I am today and it's made me the business person that I am today um, you know leading the organization that I lead that's you know 12 times the size of the the organization I was leading to this and so I really think there's so much in that and again like you said too just the giving back part so uh, definitely definitely encourage you to keep doing those it's all sounding incredible I appreciate that and uh, one thing you had mentioned in the and that answer was um, the, the the thought of you know building the business around my, yourself. Or, or yeah. me. that's one thing that I did not like that was starting to happen to me. Like it, it was part of my ego, you know. Yeah. And like I in, introducing myself, I would have to introduce the brand too. Or if the, anyone says like, "Oh, what's that?" I always have to say, "Oh, that's actually my brand." Yeah. And it, I, I understand like taking ownership, but I mm -hmm. also didn't like how. I was becoming the brand and the brand was becoming me and I, I wanted to separate that or find a way where like you know it, it wasn't becoming that way you know so yeah yeah it's so much so much like you're talking about that identity part and, and I think that's the negative side of entrepreneurship that no one ever really talks about like yeah it's great to have drive it's great to have hunger I mean I got both of those you know and it sounds like you do too but when you get to the point where you're allowing what you're trying to build or create become your identity that that's when you're I, to me that's when I feel like okay your moral compass is off somewhere you know this is not supposed to be self-serving if you're really building the brand that you're trying to build um, and, and doing it for the right reasons and again like if you can help kids and help them come along like there's nothing better than being able to give back to someone else and helping them exceed further than you I mean that's what's happened to me so far in my career uh, and in my personal life people have been investing in me um, because they had an opportunity someone took a chance and invested in them and and that really is the whole premise of um, of really just a life that, that I try to live for sure um, well since we're on this topic I wanted to ask you what's like a a common mistake that maybe uh, we haven't mentioned already that people make when it comes to, you know, starting their own venture. 
Yeah, I mean, so again, uh, I think the, the easiest, well, two, I think that for me, uh, so uh, again, I, I'm here in Tennessee is where I'm located. So um, uh, open my insurance agency and we'll use that as a quick example. There was this thought uh, around it and building any kind of business, but there's this thought around it. Like, okay, I'm coming back. I moved after college, moved back to my hometown, opened this agency and, and, and my family has been in this home, my hometown for 30, 40, 50 years. So knew everyone in the community. And you obviously have this thing that everyone around you is just going to, oh, I I'm doing X. So they're going to come around me and they're going to have that community. That, that doesn't always happen. And again, I think it's kind of that piece of, and, and again, every business venture is a little bit different, but there is a sense in business that people want to make sure like before they're willing to go buy your product or, or, or go buy from your clothing line, they want to make sure it's sustainable. You know, like the, the whole, the whole business model of like, you know, early adopters or, or the people that are late, late adopters kind of thing. Like they're not going to go buy the stuff off the racks for you or, or for me, trust me as, as a young kid to buy their insurance from um, just because I'm the newest person in town if that makes sense so i think just the expectation probably is setting those expectations that just because you know a lot of people or you have a lot of acquaintances uh, doesn't mean that people are going to come in droves and knock down your doors i think that goes no matter what kind of business you're starting um, having the real realistic expectations that you're still going to have to grind you're still going to have to hustle um, and prove to people even people that you know um, that it's a quality brand or it's a quality business that provides quality service so I think to me, that's probably the biggest one. Uh, and then again, the other thing we've already talked to, uh, at links about, so I won't share any more about that, but, but making sure that it doesn't become your identity. I think it's so easy. Um, just like you were saying, I used to introduce myself as, Hey, I'm, you know, Charlie XX insurance agency like that to me, like that was, that was who I became. Um, and it really puts you in a dark place. Um, uh, again, if, if you're not careful with that. So I think that's probably the two biggest is, is just having realistic expectations, Maybe three, I'll give you three points. Biggest expectations, the community around you, not becoming your identity, and three, thinking that you can do it on your own, which all three of those kind of work in there together. Uh, a good friend of mine, he, he shared it this way, is that what I kept missing inside of my agency was like, I was Michael Jordan. I didn't need another Michael Jordan who could go out there and sell. I needed a Scotty Pippen who could just assist and, and help. You know what I mean? Like, so I think that's kind of the thing where we get so often, we want everyone to be just like us that comes in and helps us with our brands or our business. And uh, the realistic expectation is, uh, is that the people that come in and are working for you, they, they're not going to have the same passion as you, but it's how do you harness your passion, share your vision and actually be able to do that. So, I mean, I could go on forever. And now I'm thinking about like, it's, it's sharing vision and communication. Um, that's another thing too, that, that was probably my biggest mistake. Um, I, I laid out the vision, but I didn't communicate that when the vision changed. Cause sometimes the vision can change or sometimes the, the, the trajectory has to change of a business um, because of whatever reason. If we don't communicate that as leaders, um, then we leave a lot of people uncertain and uh, no one wants to work or, or be a part of something that's uncertain. No doubt, man. I mean, everything you're talking about just just hit me hard. It hit me hard because I had <laughs> gone through those things too. I guess yep. uh, if I was going to ask any for any piece of advice, man, is mm -hmm. um, how did you build your team, or like how how does one start building a team? Yeah, I think uh, again, I think the biggest thing is it's having a vision and a, a mission 
that, that's bigger than yourself. That That's the first thing. Uh, again, we talk about, you know, the agency that I was trying to build. It was about me and what I could do. Now things have kind of changed. Now it's about that point I was talking about where it, it's how can, and this is how I start every conversation with anyone that comes to work for me, regardless of if they're a high level manager that I'm managing or if they're a grunt person on the bottom line uh, of our entire organization at the very bottom of the, of the hierarchy. The first thing I always ask is, okay, thanks for coming to work here. Now, here's the next question is, is where do you see yourself in five years? And, and I hate that as like an interview type question, because you also have to have the realistic expectations that just because someone's coming alongside of you in a season and going to help you get to this level, doesn't mean that they're going to stay with you forever. And I think it's as business owners and business leaders and, and, and entrepreneurial type people, we don't have, we can't grasp that idea that, Hey, this is something I'm starting. Like everyone's going to want to come alongside me and, and be a part of this forever but having those realistic expectations that's whenever things start to change when i began to position the conversation not about hey how can you here's how you can help me as my employee but the other way is here's how i can help you let me help you accomplish what your goals are and so you know even if, for me even if it's something where it's not within the industry that our, some of our employees want to do but they want to better themselves and and you know in this because that's really their passion um then then how can i help you over the course of the next amount of time whatever that time may be that you're with our organization that we can help you get those skill sets because if i if i can help you then you're going to be more willing and want to help me and so i think it's really just kind of that givers gain type mentality the more that you give the more that you gain from it um, and, and really adopting that and believing that and not just being lip service, but, but truly saying, you know, what are those things that you want to do? How can I better position you? How can I be open-handed as a leader and say, okay, I'm going to be open-handed as this leader. And so as you begin to give into my, me, I'm going to give back to you. And, and maybe that means relationships that connecting you with other people in relationships. Maybe it means getting you in, you know, I take, for example, we have three guys on our organization. They're very, very mid level managers they have we're, we're in the process of hiring a manager or a leader that's going to run the entire department um, never in the history of organization has those three guys or someone at that level been involved in the interview process to hire those people but now granted is their decision going to make or break whether we hire this person or that person no but it's getting them the experience and the exposure so that way whenever they go to interview for a position like that or they're taking the next step that they're gaining business acumen that they're understanding how you actually progress as a leader and so i think it's just being open-handed as a leader is probably the biggest thing and, and again sorry i i can get uh, when i get going and get fired up about this stuff it's just it, there's so many bad leaders out there that people try to emulate what they do and, and i think if we can start listening to the good leaders and, and really start just being um you know leading with your team and not leading your team i think is really one of those things that that would really help a lot in the business world yeah. Uh, first off, don't ever feel bad about, you know, feeling impassioned. Uh, I'm all about quality over quantity. So sure. keep, keep the ball rolling no matter uh, how, how you feel. But since you brought it up, wanted to ask you, what is it that you look for in a leader? Yeah. So for for me, and, and again, looking at it from multiple different, you know, avenues, multiple different industries um, that, that we're involved in. Um, for me, when I'm looking for a leader, um, one, it, it's definitely hungry. Um, there, there's a great book actually um, by Patrick Lencioni who uh, talks all about, um, I can't see, I, I wear contacts so I can't see my bookshelf this far away, but I'll, uh, I'll have to text it back to you. That way you can make sure you put in the link or whatever for the podcast. But there's a great book by Patrick Lencioni that talks about the ideal team player 
so much of that really shapes um, what an ideal uh, leader is. It, it's someone that is, is is a team player, of course, but more so importantly than that, someone that's hungry, um, hungry, a team player, uh, and then someone that wants to get better. There's a certain people that they don't want to get better. Uh, I think there's potential inside of everyone. Um, there's two things. I believe everyone is created on purpose and for a purpose. And so everyone has leadership abilities inside of them. Uh, innately built within their DNA, there is leadership ability. Uh, and I think it's harnessing that the right way. I think what so often gets mistaken is that when people think about leadership, they think about a huge influence. You're influencing people. Obviously, with your podcast, you're influencing people. When I go to the grocery store, I'm influencing people by how I act, what my attitude is, what I say, you know, how I behave while I'm in there. We're all influencing people. We're all leading people. There's always someone that's watching us. Uh, and whether it feels like it or not, there, there's always someone who is who is trying to get to that level where you're at. Uh, and so I think, um, you know, it, to me, it's about finding leaders that have good qualities like that. For sure, man. I think you listed out some very important ones. Definitely send me that link or, you yeah. know, give me that one because I'm all about it. Uh, Let's jump into before we jump into the next number. Um, I do have a couple curveballs. I don't know if you've seen that, um, uh, <laughs> but they're Let's basically there's there's two types. There's a fill in the blank or a shout out question where you actually shout someone out uh, specifically. So would you like to do a fill in the blank or a shout out question? Well, let's let's fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. Social media is blank. An incredible tool if used the right way. What's, what's the wrong way? Uh, I, I think that so much of what... Um, there's wrong ways, obviously, to use any kind of thing, uh, but particularly social media. Um, I, I feel like that Teddy Roosevelt said that the, the uh, comparison is a thief of joy, right? Um, and, and so, so many people, particularly entrepreneurs, particularly business leaders, they look and, and try to see what everyone else is doing and they're and, and they're basically in their in someone else's they're in sheepskin you know if i'm watching you and i'm seeing what you're doing and i'm just trying to emulate and do what you're doing just because it seems to be getting a little bit of traction or it's working am i really being true to myself and so so often i feel like social media causes people to compare uh in a negative way it causes again it causes their themselves to lose joy again i said at the beginning of the podcast my mantra uh, especially in this season has become joy is a choice so every morning there's three ways you can wake up and have joy and choose joy each morning but if you're constantly trolling social media and looking what other people are doing you're going to start losing your joy because you're going to start comparing yourself to their their highlight reel uh, essentially people are putting their highlight reel on social media no one's going on social media and talking about their tough day or their bad day um and so you, you, it, it's it's a, a thief of comparison comparison there's thief of joy so i think that is the one part um that really makes it such a negative use um when, you, when you're using it to compare and uh and to kind of one-up someone else so I, I think to me that's probably the biggest way not to use it but it's an incredible tool uh to gather influence and um again like i said every, everyone has influence it's just how to use your influence no doubt no doubt uh thank you for sharing your perspective and yeah I can definitely agree that's the hardest part of it is uh, the comparisons man um you know just trying to to stay focused on what you're doing yep. your goal your reason and but then you know you see everyone else's highlights and you're like man i, I want to get there I, why am i yep. not there you know <laughs> yeah uh, so 
Yeah, no, and again, it, it's one of those things. I, I, it's something I suffer with all, all the time. I mean, and again, like I said, that's just being transparent. I get on there and, and we could have a great day at, at work, could close a big deal, you know, you get a big commission check, whatever the case is, you know, whatever. And then you get on there and someone else's, you know, one ups you, one, you know, they got a bigger check, you know. And so there's always, there's, there's always uh, someone else that's ahead of you and there's always people that are behind you. And uh, we're all in a different season in life. And, and I think that's the hardest part that gets lost. In, uh, in social media sometimes would you say uh it's 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 still possible to do business without social media or you're pretty much no i might be uh you know uh, hey let's use it the right way but i'm definitely a realist and, and there is no way possible um that you could do it without social media it's so important because it allows you to tell your story and, and we, we've talked about this like telling your story uh, and who you are the whole premise behind this podcast is tell your story and what do you want people to know about you uh social media is is one of the easiest ways to be able to do that and to uh, to put a name to put a story behind a brand uh and, and so no i don't think it's possible at all to be able to do um to do it uh, without social media I was, I was hoping for another answer but i, I understand <laughs> <laughs> hey, i'm a realist man sorry yeah yeah <laughs> all right jumping into level three throw me a number between 134 one and oh man so let's see 12 24, 48, we can't do that one. So let's do, uh, let's do eight. Eight. Would you say you're using your time wisely? Oh man, <laughs> again, another one of these subjects I could go on about forever. Uh, because of what is in my mind and all the ideas, business ideas or, or endeavors or whatever that, that come, um, I would say y yes, y yes and no. And so I'll explain that by saying, yeah, I'm using the time in the day wisely. Um, I'm very much have always been very structured with my time. This, you know, I block scheduling. I do that for just about everything. When I get to work, as soon as I get there, everything is compartmentalized. I only check emails a certain part of the day. So using my time wisely, absolutely. Um, when I say no to that is sometimes, again, I get caught up in focus and start working on the wrong things. Uh, you know, I said earlier, everyone's creating on purpose and for a purpose and sometimes we start getting to the point where we don't actually uh, focus in on the things that's our purpose uh, it may be things that that make us feel good or they may be things that um, are easy to do but like for you I mean if, if you're not working on this podcast this is something that is that that is your part of your purpose right now and if you're not working on that are you really using your time wisely and so for me I think there's plenty of things that I've allowed in certain seasons to really kind of dictate what I'm doing to not use my time wisely. So that, that's a constant struggle, uh, no matter where you're at. Um, so I, my answer to that is yes and no. I understand, man. I mean, you know, you, you had me thinking about if I'm using my time wisely, if you're, you were talking about, uh, you know, this podcast is my mission and yes, yeah. I feel most productive when I'm doing it. And then when I'm not doing it, um, I also kind of see the value in that balance, you know, the balance of doing maybe something that's a little bit easier or a little more fun. Yep. Um, and yeah, for me, the, the big thing is balance. Uh, I, I had this week off, like I, I mentioned off camera, um, yeah. and I like dove into the deep end with this podcast. I basically tried to schedule out as many interviews as I could in a day. And yep. I remember the first day doing it, like by the end, I was like, 
man, I, I can see why I need to balance this out a little bit. Because by the by the sixth conversation, I'm I'm either you know dragging my feet, and I don't want that. I don't want the, the yeah. I don't want the quality to to degrade just because you know I, I I didn't keep up that energy or I didn't realize that balance. So yeah, yeah, uh, balance to me is uh, very important. Um, it is again everything again and and, and the way i try to do I, i'm a guy my by personality by by uh by just who i am i'm very much an extreme like I, i'm i'm to one extreme or the other and so the hardest thing for me is like moderation of, of everything and, and that's the biggest thing is balancing time uh and finding times and seasons to rest um you know whether that be weeks or days at a time whatever you can string together but but really getting your rest and not focusing in on doing anything is is great for the balance of, uh, of your you know mental health spiritual health everything so uh, i hear you there for sure what would uh what would you say is something you use to keep your balance you know if you're not you know working on your ventures yeah so so we have been very very strategic um you know obviously for for me and 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 one of the biggest things um is is my faith that's probably the biggest thing that keeps me grounded uh it's the only thing that's kept me grounded through what we've walked through uh here recently um but i would say for me it's take it's literally taking a break uh doing nothing um my wife and i we, we practice a sabbath every single every single week where it's just she and i and we are doing literally nothing uh and again that that's really it's resting and it's doing nothing um and, and making sure that we get that full day of rest because if we don't um we just become less productive and and then you get burnout and burnout's even worse than than uh, pushing through and not taking a break no for sure um you, you mentioned your your faith yep. uh, what would you say you know um you you get out of your faith as far as that yeah so uh, to me again so much of of of, of what i have said stems from the faith that I believe, um, you know, for, for me, uh, unapologetic, unapologetically, you know, I'm, I'm a Jesus guy, throw that out there, you know, um, Christian by all stretch of imagination uh, my wife and I, we serve, um, on staff, uh, at a local church here, here in our community. Um, and so for me, um, that's where everything starts. Um, there has been seasons and don't hear me wrong. There's been seasons where, um, I've allowed, my faith to kind of take the back shelf. But when I'm the most balanced, when I'm the most centered, um, when I make the best decisions, truthfully, even from a business standpoint, when I'm making the best decisions, it's whenever that relationship is right first. I mean, obviously, um, as a as a human being, you know, we're, we're body, mind, you know, soul and spirit. And so when all of those are aligned, that's whenever you're you're doing the best. And so whenever my relationship, so every morning that that's part of my block scheduling, every morning my relationship starts with reading my Bible and praying. Uh, and, and those two things together start my day off the way that they're supposed to start off and get me in balance. And so everything, truthfully, everything I, I, I can say uh, stems from that relationship. For sure, for sure. And I mean, just to let you know, I... I am a believer. I just don't know what to call it yet, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. But uh, yeah. absolutely, everyone. And again, and that's the thing. And I think that's the part um, that so much um, has a negative connotation of, of any kind of spirituality or any kind of religion, um, because so many people already have come into that with preconceived notions. You know what I mean? And so I think um, just being open and, and, and hearing that, I think, is really the the main hope. No doubt. No doubt. Um, 
wanted to throw you another curveball. Right. Since you've ch chosen to fill in the blank the first time, this next one's going to be a shout out question. Okay. But um, who would you say is uh, who had the most impact you impact on you growing up, as far as a teacher, coach, or mentor? Wow. Um, mm. Look, most. See, I think that's a difficult, uh, it really is, again, very difficult question because I feel like, can I have more than one? Can I, like, can I have yeah, different? Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, you can, right. you can definitely have more than one. <laughs> can I, can I segregate this by seasons, you know, like, you know, in different phases of life? Um, you know, obviously from, from an early, early age, um, my parents had the, probably the biggest hand in, in my up, upbringing. I still have a very close relationship with, with my parents. Um, everything, you know, from everything that I that I do that was the foundation so I mean obviously you know the very primitive years you know one to one to ten no doubt you know my parents really spoke into that um there is from a professional standpoint and maybe I'll kind of look at it from two different angles from a, from a professional standpoint uh Steve Dickerson uh he was uh the state senator that I worked for um here in Tennessee ran his race in 2000 I guess it's 2012 um and so much from a business perspective uh, and even a political perspective really kind of helped shape my whole political philosophy helped shape my business uh it really kind of grew me in business acumen um and that was kind of like the the mid to, to the late 20s that's probably been the biggest or yeah, biggest um voice there and then uh to cap it off I, I like doing everything in threes maybe that's just kind of something weird about me uh but the third one that really kind of cap it off is, is Devin Webb he's he's the pastor of the church that I go to and really is the one that kind of pulled me back into line so those those would be my three my parents Steve Dickerson and, and Devin Webb shout out shout out to you guys shout them out uh, guys thanks <laughs> thanks thanks for, for for getting me here yeah yeah um and then i think we just a heads up we have about 10 15 minutes left okay. in the podcast uh thank you again for your time it's been a lot of fun for me to hear your story i hope you're Absolutely. having fun telling it a great um, time and i think we could knock out one more question in one of the levels uh okay. so which level would you like to attack the first one two or three so we've done uh, a one and we've done a three is that right you've done one of each actually at, oh, at this okay. point yeah Okay. Um, let's go. Let's go three again. I told you I have this weird, weird thing with three. Let's go with three. A level three. Level three, and the number is uh, three. Three. How would you define depression? Ooh, great! <laughs> Literally, uh, a great question. Um, truthfully, right now. Um, what my wife and I are walking through. And again, I've shared this multiple times already, but um, the, the kind of the longer gated version of it, our son was born in November um, of 2020. Um, the end of November, spent 50 plus days in the NICU. We got to bring him home for 10 days. Um, had no idea that there was anything uh, genetically wrong with him. Uh, we had to go back to the hospital. He stayed another 10 day hospital stay, died at 72 days old. And I uh, come to find out had a rare genetic disease that we had no idea. My wife and I are both carriers of this rare genetic disease. Um, literally the probability uh, and the prevalence of this is one in less than one in one million. Um, so a completely rare genetic thing um, that we both just happen to be carriers of. Um, and, and so if there's ever been a season, there's been two times when I feel like that I could have um, slipped to an area of what depression is. Um, the first one would have been, again, closing my, my insurance agency. That, again, was the first biggest 
business venture that I had um, that didn't go well. Um, and so by closing that, um, you know, there definitely was a season where everything looked bleak, everything looked gray. For me, when I'm when I think or hear the word depression, um, I just see the world through black and white. Don't have full of color. Don't have hope. Uh, I, I can truthfully say, in that season, I was pretty hopeless. Um, I hadn't met my wife uh, at the time. We we weren't dating or anything yet, and so it was really a very very dark season. Uh, again, leaning back to my faith allowed me to come out of that season. Um, ended up getting married. You know, we, we had our son. Again, could easily step back into that. But it gets back to the point of I think that depression. Uh, and again, there are so there's so much out there. Um, that depression is a real thing. Um, mental health is, is something that should not be a taboo subject. So much of how we started our foundation, again, I've talked about, we wanna help them financially, we wanna help them spiritually, but we also wanna help them emotionally. Um, since our son passed, my wife and I have been going to counseling together. Uh, and that has been the single most um, important thing that's allowed us to walk through this season with the strength that we have. Uh, again, our faith, in, our faith in Jesus has been allowing us to do that, but the counseling has helped us to be able to verbalize that. It's allowed us to strengthen our marriage and it's allowed us to be able to take these steps and, and normalize what we're going through. The feelings that we have are not just made up feelings. It, it's not it's not something that's, that's, that's abstract or crazy because we're having these feelings. These are normal feelings to have. And, and I think that uh, I just heard something uh, just yesterday at a conference there are nine um, nine attributes that the the, the American Psychiatry Association, or I'm, I'm misquoting that, but but basically the ones that look at this and you look at the team of doctors, there's nine of them that are nine reasons why people are depressed. Only two of them are biological and genetic based. Now there is that they have come to the point and conclusion. There's these nine things that um, really cause the problem and, and cause that. And so medication can fix those, um, and, and medication can help those. And you just something you have to live with. And so you know we need to get out of this thing. And this is one of my biggest talking points is that we got to get out of this understanding and idea that mental health is the taboo subject that you can't talk about. Um, you know, if I were to say here in Tennessee, uh, the, the weather changes quite a bit. Today was ab abnormally cold. Um, we actually had some frost and a little bit of flurries. Again, abnormally cold, but everyone's sinuses are all messed up. Sinuses, a normal part of your body. Everyone's kind of saying, hey, I have some sinus infection. You don't look at me differently because I say, hey, I have a sinus infection and, and I can't breathe or, or I can't talk well right now. But if I say, hey, I've been struggling with something, I'm having some mental issues, then automatically people are looking at you and, and there's this taboo-ness around, hey, those, you know, there's something wrong with them. Like there's something in the head, you know, like we got to get past that if we want to actually be able to help that. And so again, that brings me hope that the, uh, that the association that I quoted, like I said, there's nine um, things and only two of those are, are, are genetic and, and passed down. And, and again, genetics is something that's very important to me. I knew nothing about genetics up until two months ago. And you better believe that we're trying to figure out everything that we can about how to protect our future children. Um, and, and to me, I think that if that's the case, then obviously we have to go through this point. And this is where for me to get out of the season, again, it's been my faith. But the second part is 
is that it's been this eternal internal decision every single morning to choose joy. Um, you know, again, I, and I'll quote some a little bit of the scripture as well from from a Christian perspective. You know, throughout the entire Bible, it talks about how joy is a choice. There's actually a difference um, between joy and happiness. Uh, and I think so often we kind of when we're talking about this vein or in this lane of depression that we forget that joy and happiness are not necessarily the same thing. You can still be sorrowful and still have joy when you find hope in the right thing. Um, what one of the Bible dictionaries um, calls joy. It gives us, it says close to, close to happiness and close to gladness, but not quite more an emotion or, or more a, a state of being than an emotion. And then it ends it with a result of a choice. And so for me, I think that's the biggest mantra that I can share is joy really is and truly is a choice. Um, and to me, there's three ways I do that every morning. One, I make the conscious decision. It's in my brain. It starts there. I'm going to be joyful. Two, um, it, once I make that decision, the second part is I'm not going to allow the circumstances around me to affect my joy. And the third step is, I, for me, I have an eternal perspective. Um, it, it's We are only but mere wind and rain and you know like we're fleeting like we all are going to pass at some point and so for me my hope and faith in jesus allows me to have that faith that we're all eternal beings he created for that so that gives me the hope and the joy but again depression is a real topic it's a real thing mental health is something that we have to take seriously um so hopefully that answered your question well enough no it definitely did man that was, that was a great great answer thank you for sharing and thank you for being open once again um I'm always, it's always, I'm so focused in listening to the answers that I end up forgetting uh, the questions <laughs> that, that came up, that, that came up. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I'll have to reach out to you again um, if I have any other questions. Please uh, do. Please do. We've uh, made it to the concluding portion of the podcast. Right. I only have a few more, three three or four more questions for you. Uh, Please be three, right? We're stuck on three, so let it be three. Yeah, man. Uh, this this next question is actually from my previous guest. Been trying okay. to find a way to link my guests together. So this one is coming from Joe. Thank you, Joe, for your question. Um, and it kind of builds off the depression one that you just answered. But her question is, when you were feeling at your lowest, how do you bounce back? How do you re reignite that fire? Yeah, I mean, obviously, and again, I don't want to take light of anyone's situation or anything they're going through. But... I am right now two months removed from the loss of my son. And again, I'm having this joy. Like I know that people can experience joy. Uh, and so for me, I think that's the biggest part is how can I share that? So I think to me, that's how I'm bouncing back from this is if I can be joyful and if I can find joy in, in everyday life and, and if I can find joy in my purpose and there's purpose in our pain. Um, and so we got to live through that. If I can do that, then I have to, that's what gets me up in the morning is how can I share that with other people to let them know, hey, you can't have joy and there is purpose that you're going through this pain um, and, and you were created on purpose and for a purpose and, and just reminding people of that uh, I think is the biggest thing having that eternal perspective for sure for sure um, my my I just want to repeat the for a purpose and what was it for a purpose and everyone's created for a purpose and on purpose and for a purpose Gotcha. I just like that, man. I'm going to be using that a lot. Hey, um, it. <laughs> I, I, here, here's, the, here's the thing I've heard. So the first time that you say something that is borrowed from someone else, you give them credit. You